Hello, hello. Hello, lovelies. So, this month is... National Reading Month. And so, today's episode is going to be focused on reading. Just reading in general. And the various modes and methods that we use to read as two people with a visual impairment. Totally. So, stay tuned. As we said before, in this episode, we're going to talk about reading. We all love to read, right? And we're going to talk about the different ways that we can read. You know, the different methods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's start out with general overview of like our thoughts on reading. So how we feel about reading, how we like to read, and then like what we're reading right now a little bit. So you want to start? So I guess I'll so I guess I'll start. I guess generally speaking, reading and I had have had a pretty positive relationship lately. You know, like most people, I went through that phase where I used to read like a ton as a kid and then fell off of it in high school because you know, There's reading no time, in, man. Yeah, reading in school kind of sucks. It kind of sucks all of the joy out of it. And so now that I don't have to do as much of that for school anymore, I've kind of rediscovered my joy for reading and I do it significantly more than I did like in my teenage years. Generally speaking, my favorite way to consume books is in audio form, at least for fiction. Okay, so I don't really have a favorite method of consuming books. It's more like what method suits what I'm trying to get from the book. So I like consuming like nonfiction or content that I want to take notes on physically or digitally so like I need to be able to see the words I do read like print books either physically or digitally if I can that's just more convenient for me when it comes to things like note-taking and stuff like that and then I love reading fiction books via like audiobooks you know it's nice to be told a story nobody does braille but I am I am not a braille reader so the main ways I consume my books are physically slash digitally and then with audio and then, as for what I'm reading right now, hmm, right now I am reading, you see, the more that I talk on this podcast, the more I realize how scatterbrained I can be, and my reading habits reflect that. So That's right now- That's A-okay. That's A-okay, man. So right now I'm reading a few things. I have my physical nonfiction book, Atomic Habits, that I'm getting through. Then for audiobooks, I just finished up Legends and Lattes and Shoko Snile. And I'm waiting for my next audiobook to come in from Libby. And then I'm also kind of concurrently, like, back and forth reading two manga series. The first being Mariari the Patriot, and the second being Hell's Paradise. And in addition to the reading, guys, I'm also, like, in a very heavy fan fiction phase. We all love <laughs> fanfic loves. And that counts as reading, too, so I thought <laughs> I'd mention it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that. Noe? Do you want to talk about what you're reading right now? Indeed. So for me, lovelies, reading, I love books. I love books from little, little, little me, you know. But I hated the act of reading. I did not like, you know, I loved reading, but I didn't like the act of it, you know. They gave us a book. I didn't read very quickly. 
And it was I, it was a large print, but I, I didn't last very long. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. Aside from the fact that school made reading not enjoyable, having a visual impairment, you know, the older you get, the smaller the print gets, and the more cumbersome it becomes to, like, read what you want. Right. And, you know, there wasn't very much time for, like, books that you wanted to read because you had to read the books and the text and the homework that was required. And then when you're finished, there was no time for anything else. So I did not like the act of reading. I, I loved books, so I, I was kind of sad. But then, lovelies, yours truly, I told, remember in episode one, we talked about Braille. So I taught myself Braille back in when I was nine, and I used that to read. And that has helped me brilliantly, you know? All of my books, every single one, most of them, at least I read now, are on Bach, my Braille notes, or in physical Braille. And then I also have audiobooks. I love audiobooks. But when I was learning Braille, I read Arthur books, and I had them on cassette. So it worked for me. So that made reading, for me, more enjoyable, though. I could read it myself. I didn't have to stop to give the eyes, you know, the old break. I hated that. I, I wanted to finish, to finish the story, you know? And it always happened at the good part. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Unfortunate. What's that question? So how do you generally like to read now? Is it primarily Braille? Oh, yes. I love uh, a lot of my books now. I figured out recently, actually, that Libby, the library thing that Sissy used like, to read on her stuff with. Yes, the library app. Indeed. Ha has an app, and it works on Bach because Bach is a certified tablet and it has a braille display attached to it they have braille displays but i like to just have bach it has the braille display on it so it's like a yeah like a mini computer so it works on there so all the books are on there i just don't like waiting <laughs> i don't like waiting for books to be available it makes me sad so do you use audiobooks at all i do i love a lot of stories lovely the one that I love to read is a series called The Front Desk Series by Kelly Yang. I read all of her books on Audible. And the person who reads those books, the narrator, Sunny Liu, brilliant. I love the way she tells the stories. You're, you feel like you're actually in the book. But I read with audiobooks. I read with Braille. And then you won't find a physical print book in my room unless it's from the olden days. <laughs> <laughs> That's... Some of them are signed. I, I met Sherman Alexi, you know? I, that's the only book I have. <laughs> and what are you reading right now? Right now, I'm currently reading a couple of books. Because then I figured out that Libby works on Bach. That is what I'm reading on. You have access to Bard Mobile, but I like Libby because I have, I have a library card. So I'm reading Wonder. I'm reading Chogo Smile, like Sissy. I'm also reading, it's about to come out this month too. Kelly Yang's Finally Seen is available at the library, and I'm going to read it myself. Yep. <laughs> it's not part of the Front Desk series, but it's a very good book. She's, she's talking about it on Instagram, lovelies. And TikTok, too. <laughs> um, I think she's on tour now, also. Oh, yeah? I really, really hope it has an audiobook, too. And Sunny Lou reads it because I love books, like, you know, audiobooks, because I like, I like stories, you know? Yeah. Being told a story. And yeah. plus... If I'm walking, I only have one earbud in so I can listen to the other stuff. But I, I like to use that when I'm, you know, walking around or on a train. Kill two words, one stone. Traveling and reading. <laughs> Sometimes Bach isn't there and I don't want to take him out. So. <laughs> okay, so now what we want to do is we want to go more in depth into each of the major formats that you can read in. So like physical, digital, and audio. 
talk about like what we use reading in those formats and the pros and cons of each. So you want to start, Noye? Righto. Okay, let's start with physical. Indeed. So my lovelies, you guys know I love my Braille. So I get my books from a couple different places. The library is like a national library for the blind and physically handicapped. You can request them and they can send you Braille books in the mail and like these giant black pouches with the Velcro. And then you have to send them back when you finish. You flip the card and you send them back to them. Hmm? We'll put that in the show notes. Indeed. You get a catalog. You get searched through. There's different books on there. And then another place I get my books, there's a company, well, a nonprofit called the American Action Fund. They mail out Braille books every month. Brilliant. We'll put that in the show notes too. You can sign yourself up, yourself or your child, and they mail you Braille books that they have transcribed from print books. And they mail them out to you. They're, like, there are some really good books, like Bluebell, Skink, Wheelchair Kid, and all these seven th- different types of books that they have transcribed. Brilliant, lovelies. That's also how I get my physical Braille books. Those ones are also free. They mail them free of charge, and you don't have to send those ones back. Another place I get my books, and my, my beautiful place, the National Braille Press. They have print Braille books also. So you can go there, they sell them at the same price as the print books, and you won't have to pay any extra. Along the same lines as the National Braille Press, the other place I get them, <laughs> you see a whole bunch of places where you can get the, these Braille books, right? Mm-hmm. Indeed. The last one is Seedlings, and they have a whole host of books. They have no pictures in some of them, but it's A-OK. They have like Bridget Terabithia is in there. And it's not expensive either, lovelies. All kinds of books they have. They're constantly updating their catalog. So you can go in there, get the books that you want, and, you know, read them at home. And they're not expensive, which I appreciate. So all these places, you can get all these books. Either they're free of charge or they're low in cost, which is brilliant for Braille. (laughs) Right? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, just to clarify, I'm not sure how obvious this is, but like you don't use any other like technology or aids to deal with the Braille books. It's just the Braille, right? It's just the Braille, man. Yeah, it's just, it's just the Braille book. Yeah. I have, it's just me, this Braille book. I have a whole shelf, actually shelves, <laughs> full of Braille books and it's constantly growing. And I may need some more space somewhere. No. Can I have, can I, can I put them in your room? You need <laughs> to get your own place Aww. and put them there. But, 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 but if I put them in here, I'll be no. closer. Ooh, terrible. Anyway, lovelies, <laughs> that's just how I, I read my Braille. I, have, I don't have anything else. And if for some, some reason that there is a print book that has no Braille version, we will have the help of a, it's an old one. It's called the Visio book. Then a CCTV. That's portable enough that it, you can move it around. There's a newer version called the Jupiter. Brilliant. I need that one too. But it's not portable enough like the Braille book that you can move it around. You kind of have to sit in one place. Not that you have to plug it in, but, you know, it, it's more mobile than those other bigger ones, but it's not as mobile as the Braille book. So we're talking about using CCTVs for physical print books, right? Physical print books that you cannot find. I don't have the Braille version too. I don't want to wait to get it. You'll read with like a CCTV. Right, just, you just make it really, really big. But I don't like reading with that one because it takes forever. <laughs> so Braille it is. And most, all the books I come in contact with have a Braille version. 
and neat. It may take you a, a little bit of time because it's the library to get to you, but it's a-okay. Eventually, it will get to you. <laughs> we can buy it on, on Seedling's website. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and so on my end, if I do read a book not in audio form, I will read it using print. So physically, honestly, I don't use anything special. A lot of visually impaired people like to use magnifiers, but honestly... Those bar ones, love, these are the bane of my existence. I don't yeah. like them. I don't like the dome either. <laughs> it kind of makes the... <laughs> like, it, it kind of raises the barrier to entry when it comes to reading. Indeed. I tend to not like... I don't like reading at a desk. I like reading on my bed, on the floor, generally, like, horizontally. Same. And, you know, a magnifier is not all too conducive to that. Honestly, my close-up vision isn't bad, and I can read print pretty okayly. You know, it's still harder. Like, I read slower than I think that non-visually impaired readers read. And it's a harder process, but I can get through it just fine. I just generally, I read it. I bring it closer to my face and I read it <laughs> because I don't want to use a magnifying glass. And it's easier for me to read it that way. Like Noye said earlier, CCTVs are another option that a lot of visually impaired people use. Again, it raises the barrier to entry. It is expensive, lovelies. And if I have to get up to do those things every time, I just won't read as often. So I read in the most convenient way that I can read. <laughs> the one thing I do use, though, is I have like a little like light bulb that I use like in the middle of the night, wherever I am, that allows you to change like how bright the light is and the color temperature. And so I usually have it set to like a warm low light. So like I have enough light for reading, but not enough that it will start to irritate my eyes. That is useful. Indeed. Really, when it comes to print books, I just hope that the print is reasonable, like a reasonable size. I can't get away with reading the small books. I mean, I can read them, but like it wouldn't be a very enjoyable process. So I generally will read physically the books that have wider line spaces, not too, too tiny text, and I can generally get away with it. Not that I recommend this. Lovely, she had a book that its font was quite wonky. It was quite strange. It was unreadable, illegible to me. I could read it. Like, a font being weirdly written is not a problem for me as much as the size is a problem for me. It's a real struggle. For myself, I will just find myself the Braille version <laughs> call it a day. Yeah. And it's not like I've given up on experimenting on different things that could help reading print books easier. I do from time to time try out new things. It's just that nothing, nothing has stuck as a permanent fixture aside from the light. Right. Oh, one more thing. Indeed. Additionally, lovelies, with the Jupiter or the Visio book, whichever one of those, you can put it on the floor, which is how I like to, because I don't like desks. I barely sit in a chair longer than I have to, but that thing, you can put it on the floor. It has like a neck that you can <laughs> you can move, you know, and you can adjust it to what you want. It can be taller, shorter. You can, you know, do whatever, and it's a-okay, you know? Hmm. So you, you don't have to be confined like a regular CCTV to like wherever its plug is. You have to sit. Absolutely not. I didn't like that in school. I don't like it now. <laughs> hmm. But that one is much, much better than the old CCTV, and yeah. Hmm. Maybe I'll try that next then. Totally. Okay, so then let's get into the pros of using a print physical book. So the biggest one for me is that it makes it easier for me to take notes and note my books. 
Usually the books that I read physically are books that I like to take notes and mark up. I do that with pencils, pens. I have sticky notes and tabs. It's easier to do that on a physical book. And then later on, it's easier to go back and like reference something that you've tabbed or tagged. Part of the reason that I took time to move from using mostly physical books for nonfiction to starting to do digital is that note-taking on the apps that digital books are housed on is almost impossible. I don't like it. But now that I have good notes, I do that. But I'll talk about that later in the digital section. Next up, physical books, because of the way that they are, it makes it easier to go back and like reread things as opposed to audiobooks. Digital books have this pro too. Next, another big pro is that you don't need the internet for it or to purchase like an expensive device. Books are generally pretty affordable depending on what book you're looking for and where you're located. It's the most readily available, relatively affordable way of reading a story or getting information. What else? This is a big one for all of my fellow visually impaired readers. It doesn't bother your eyes as much as a screen does. A struggle, man. (laughs) Aside from the strain of just general reading, Reading with a screen can make that 10 times worse. So one thing is that if your vision is good enough for reading physical print, it won't irritate your eyes long-term like reading on a screen would. And then the final one that I don't think a lot of people think about is they just kind of look nice. (laughs) There is an aesthetic to reading that I think... Like, people like to pretend like it's not a thing, but, like, we all know that it's a kind of a thing, right? Some like, books just look so pretty. Exactly. And you want those things on your shelves. They're also tactile, too. Exactly. You know? And even if you can't see enough to read the book, I know a few visually impaired friends that will just get it so that they can look at the cover. Yep. <laughs> I have a few volumes of books that I don't plan on reading physically in that form, but... You know, I like them a lot, and generally speaking, if I like a book enough, even if I read it in its audio form or digitally, if I like it a lot, then I'll pick it up physically and just have it on my shelf. One of my my friends on TikTok, she collects, like, different books, collected editions that have been signed and a limited edition, just puts them on the shelf. Yeah, just to, just to look at them <laughs> Yeah, so often. They're as much of an information-carrying device as they are, like, decor in your home. hmm So those are the pros of physical books. Generally speaking, they're good if you're looking to take down and remove and reference information from them. And they look nice. That being said, moving on to the cons, the biggest one is the fact that as visually impaired and blind individuals, reading physically can strain your eyes. You know, that print is smaller. Exhausting. And it can be more exhausting for us to read than it can be for people that have 20-20 vision. Small print, eye strain. Sometimes this can be mitigated by getting larger print books, but A, once you're an adult, it's very hard to get your hands on books that have print that large. And two, where would you keep them even if you could keep them? Big and hefty. (laughs) (laughs) The second one is, we talked about aesthetics in the pro section, But physical books, they take up space. And like if you're carrying them around in your backpack, you know, they're not necessarily the lightest things. And you have to compensate for that if you're planning to travel with them. While they're not the biggest deal to carry around, if you're looking at regular print, they still weigh something. And then that is not to mention like if you get books that are in larger print, those are almost impossible to take with you. You're just going to have to like sit down somewhere. I think those are the biggest cons at least when it comes to reading them. So, Noe, do you want to talk about the pros and cons of Braille now? Totally! 
Let me tell you, lovelies, there are a whole bunch of pros to Braille. And then there are also some drawbacks too. But let me tell you about those pros. For one, and the most important one, at least I think so, is a, I think it's a superpower. I can read in the dark. All of my lights are off. There is no light anywhere, but I can still know what I'm reading. Ooh, actually that does sound really nice. If you don't know, we both have albinism and one of the things that comes with that is a bit of light sensitivity. And she's more light sensitive than I am, but like one thing that I think that we can both agree on is that we kind of like our rooms relatively dark. Right. There is no light on during the day, nighttime either, hardly any. Yeah. Maybe like a small like ball light somewhere that would like... Definitely no overhead lights. Oh, no, absolutely no. not. <laughs> nope. It's on the pool, like the... No, absolutely not. And never anything at like 100%. So, you know, being able to read without having to have the lights on sounds really convenient. Brilliant! You can just... You can read all your stories. You just... It's, I think it's cool, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and so that's one of the best pros of Braille. Another pro, lovelies, is that there is absolutely zero eye strain with with our good friend Braille. Not at all. Unlike with our prints. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta say, I'm not making my life easy. I just, you know, I got you. Gotta be honest you about what, how you're reading. <laughs> Braille's convenient for me, you know. Pick it up. Now, also, the other pro is you can sit on the floor, lay out. Like you do in the sun, just just read. Another pro, lovely for Braille, is that a lot of the Braille books keep up with the print. So the pages, right? Print has a specific places where it stops. And so with the Braille book, if the print stops at a certain line, there'll be a line dividing on the Braille page for the different like pages to tell mm -hmm. you that this is the next page of the print. Mm -hmm. And then you're less likely to not be misplaced in the book when so you're reading with a sighted person. <laughs> I think that's cool. I do appreciate another pro is that a lot of nonprofits are putting print books into Braille in UAB format, which is United English Braille Lovelies. And so you'll be able to find basically a lot of the books that you would find in print in Braille and no more expensive than the print one at these specific places. Yeah, there are a lot of pros to Braille, you know. Okay, and what about the cons? There are a couple cons. One of Braille's biggest barriers, lovelies, is its cost to produce. If you're talking about um, print Braille books, according to the National Braille Press, they cost three times as much as a print book to produce, but they sell them at the same, same price as the print book anyway. That's one of Braille's biggest barriers. There's a, another, <laughs> another company, which I won't name, but their books are outrageously expensive. If you wanted the entire Harry Potter, just one book, lovelies, it'll run you over $100 for just, just the one book. Not the volume, the book, you know? But Harry Potter isn't that expensive in print, right? Mm-hmm. Terrible. If you want the whole series, <laughs> you may need to take out a second mortgage. Just saying. <laughs> it's not for me. Besides the cost, sometimes... It's very rare, very, 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 uh, but there are some places who do produce Braille books, not any ones that I mentioned earlier, but there are some who do produce the Braille books, but the Braille is either flat, illegible, or wrong. And it's not great because I'm a good speller, but there are some words in, the, in some of these other books that I've got, gotten that are not right. And I don't like that. I think Braille should be treated as print. 
if it's not quality enough to be out in print, you should treat it as the same in Braille. <laughs> okay, and what about how wide is the variety of books that you can find in Braille compared to like the books that you can find in print? Right now, Braille's growing. Honestly, technology has made Braille accessible, like more accessible than back in the day. Books now, you can get in um, physical Braille books, like when Seedlings or the National Braille Press or the American Action Fund, there are, they are available. They're still putting titles into Braille, so it is taking some time, but they are getting there. I will fact check this, lovelies, but some people need to give permission to these other nonprofits for them to release their book into Braille. You know, because it's another format, but they need like a, you know, a, a I don't know if it's called a license, but something yeah, like licensing. that. Licensing, right? For them to be able to produce it in Braille, and it's kind of sad, but some people don't do it <laughs> or don't know about it. But, you know, we're informing people along the way, so those books are probably coming. Okay, and then finally, size. This is another drawback to Braille, too, is a lot of Braille books are produced on 11 and a half by 11 inch paper, which you need a at least 11 and a half inch bookshelf deep to store them and make sure they're not squishing or, or you know, packed in like sardines because you'll squish the Braille. Does that even fit in the backpack? Yes. Yes, it does. You just have to... A lot of backpacks are wider than that, though, too. Mm -hmm. If you have a smaller backpack, like a Jansport, you have to like, bend it just a little bit <laughs> to fit. But a lot of them do fit. I have fit one, a couple, in my messenger bag. Because that's what I use in student teaching. Mm -hmm. A lot of them fit in North Face backpacks. Another drawback is because they, are, they do come in volumes, so they're kind of hefty, like those large print books. <laughs> they also, they're, they're also kind of heavy in the backpack too. If you have like the ones with the binding on it, or the ones from like the library, because those ones have like a thick binding with like, is that a wood or is it plastic? Is it a, yeah, plastic. Oh, yeah, it's it's black. It has it's textured, but it has it's it's kind of thick. Those ones tend to not fit in the backpack. I that's kind of that's a drawback also for the library bro books. But if you're talking about the the ones with flexible bindings. Those ones are easier to transport than those ones from the library. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there are some pros and cons to Braille too. I think the pros outweigh the cons. At least for me, I can read as much as I like. I can read however I like, where I like. I still need to find some more storage because I have a lot of books, but we won't fix that. Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> You'll fix that on your own. I still, I love books. I like collecting them. They still come in every month. I like to keep them. And the ones that I have finished reading, I will donate them to a school. And a lot of those kids can read them too, you know? Share the love of Braille. Please tell everybody, yeah. <laughs> hmm. Also, I figured out a couple months ago, they do have a, I'll put it in the show notes too. They do have a give Braille books new love type of program where you can, if you're finished a Braille book and you can put it on the website and somebody could go on there and see that you listed it, and I guess you can mail it to them, you know? Mm -hmm. Or mail it through the company itself, and they will mail it to them. <laughs> okay. Okay, and so just to summarize, the biggest pros of Braille are zero eye strain because you're not using your eyes. Right. And then the ability to, like, basically read how any sighted person would read, like, you know, in whatever space or orientation fits you best. Right. And I'm a fast reader, lovelies. <laughs> And then cons, again, end up being things like um, cost, 
is the biggest one and then storage and like size right and sometimes availability sometimes availability but we're getting better at that one you know and if you have 11 and a half deep shelf you're all good ikea is a good place to get them <laughs> okay so let's move on to digital or those cubes lovelies okay so digital reading Noe, do you want to let us know more about what you use to read digitally and some of the pros and cons associated with it? Totally. <laughs> you, my lovelies, know I talk to you all the time about Braille. Technology is literally made Braille more accessible. I'm telling you. I have Bach. You guys know Bach. Bach is my Braille No Touch Plus, made by Humanware. He is a Google certified tablet. So the tablet is attached to a Braille display. All of the apps that you can get in the Google Play Store, you can get, you can get on Bach brilliantly. So Libby, the Kindle app, Bookshare, all those other ones too. And Bach is mainly what I read digital books on. I also have like a smaller Braille display that's called the Chameleon that APH makes. Load your books up on an SD card and put it in the back. And then you'll be able to put it in the chameleon and read your books on that one. But mainly I just read on Buck on the Kindle or Libby. Kindle is available. I have to wait for Libby. I'm, it's not fair. <laughs> it's terrible. Anyway, if I'm reading like manga, I will use my iPad. The iPad I have is like the iPad Air. Green, it's beautiful. So as I'm reading manga, I will use the iPad and I will basically enlarge it and then invert the colors because I like the black background white text. <laughs> Beautiful contrast. And for Bach, all the books are on the Kindle app. Since UEB came out, a lot of the, the Braille is in UEB Braille, so it's able to back translate between print and Braille, so there's no confusion, you know? There's no errors from the books that I saw, and it's wonderful. <laughs> Libby works on your Braille note right too, right? It does! It beautifully works too! Trial and error, because I couldn't find it online. I didn't know anybody else who used it, and they didn't put it online either. Um, so it's trial and error. So I pushed all the buttons, commands that I use for other things. I tested it out. It worked for me. So Libby's accessible on the Braille Note Touch, in case you wanted to know. It's also accessible on the Kindle app, too. There is some workaround with the Kindle app, because Amazon needs to work on its integration with it. But it's still usable, you know, for turning the page. It, it, it's absolutely workable. Mm-hmm. And then let me tell you some pros, lovelies, of this digital braille. So the first pro is, first of all, portability. Portability. You don't have to lug around any books, any heavy books at all. <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine it'd be easier to, like, carry around one braille note as opposed to the stack of books that I've seen that you've carried around. Yes, the Diet the Rippy Kid Lovelies physical braille is about three to four volumes. I can't carry that. <laughs> I just have it on Bach, and it's brilliantly easy to carry around. You gotta wear it like a purse, you know? Crossbody, just tags along. You can stuff it in the backpack, either way. And then, same with the chameleon, it's smaller than box, so if you wanted to just read on that one, you could too. Would you be able to take PDF books and put it on there too? As long as they're text PDF. Picture PDFs don't work. They're oh, not okay. accessible. Um, but if it's a text PDF, you're good to go. Mm -hmm. So another pro, lovelies, is what I mentioned before. Since Bach is a Google certified tablet, you're able to use a lot of the apps that are on the Play Store. So the Kindle app, Libby, any of those apps too. So anywhere you could find books where they're compatible with your Braille note, you could feasibly use it to read in Braille. Right. Love those, those types of places. 
And since Libby has audiobooks and those digital books too, you can listen to it at the same time as you read the book. Brilliant for me. <laughs> Another pro, lovelies, is that there are more books available in digital Braille too. Since, since it's available on like Libby or the Kindle app, there are more books available. You have a wide variety of books, lovelies, and you don't have to wait for anybody to give it to you in a, a physical format. You can just read it on the Braille note. And, let you know, save the trees! <laughs> if they're available in print on one of these apps, they're available in Braille, too. <laughs> Since it's able to translate it. Perfectly, too! There's also an app called Bookshare that you can also get your books on, but I'm no longer a student at uh, my, my university, and it's 50 bucks a year. I can't afford that. <laughs> can you afford that? No. No, I cannot. <laughs> and also I have Libby. That too, you know. But if you can, if you are a student, just uh, to let you know, if uh, you can go to the disability office and they can get you signed up for a free Bookshare account. Mm -hmm. And that works on Braille Notes and like just like regular tablets and phones, right? Indeed. Okay. That's in the show notes, too. That'll be in the show notes, too. But there are some cons, like everything else, lovely. There are some cons, some challenges. One of them being, of course, you know, Braille has its price. You know, it's for the bougie. <laughs> JK. <laughs> but Braille is expensive because Box himself is about five to $6,000 in between those two. I can't afford that. I did not afford it. I got it from the state. They helped with that technology. Otherwise, there's no way Bach would be with me and making my life easier. <laughs> That's another barrier. That's one of Braille's biggest barriers. But I really, really hope that, you know, in the future, a lot of these things can come down in price so people can afford them and so people can have more ways to read. The Chameleon itself is actually much cheaper than Bach. It doesn't have as much capabilities. It doesn't have the screen or anything. But you can upload the books on like an SD card and put it in the Chameleon and read that way. That's available on APH's website, which I'll also put in the show notes. If you want to go check that out, too. That's at least like a, I think a third or the fourth of a price of, of Bach. Another con would be is some of the apps, not Libby, but mainly just the Kindle app, needs to be more fortified to work with the Braille notes. Lovelies, I sat for a couple of hours trying to turn the page. I figured it out eventually with the different commands for Bach. There's no instructions. <laughs> Nobody else on the internet knows how to do it. So, I, you know, I worked my magic. A lot of technology I taught myself. So I worked my magic and I was able to figure out how to turn the page on the Kindle app in Bach. Brilliant. <laughs> but I wish that it will be as like, you know, convenient to swipe the page with just like a command or two, like you do on, you know, something else. But there's no cons for translating from print to braille. Those are all seamless. There are no errors. And since it's working off the print, you know, I've never come across an error unless there was an error in the print book. <laughs> okay. Anything else? For the enlargement one for the manga, I wish they'd enlarge it just a little bit more, you know? Just, just saying. <laughs> this is for your iPad, right? Yes! I don't read manga on, on Bach. It does have a screen, but I prefer that because the, the iPad screen is much, much bigger. And there's no Braille way of reading manga. <laughs> no! No, unfortunately not. There's no, there's no, not yet, lovelies. Not yet. There's no braille way for reading comic books yet. We should work on that. Yeah. Somebody work on that, please. And put a rush on it. <laughs> That'd be awesome. For the most part, there's not a 
cost it to digital braille, you know? There's immediate translation. That's one of his best pros. The major con is just its price, you know? I wish these things were cheaper so people can afford them, right? Yeah. That's what I think. But, you know, that that's my whole spiel, lovelies. Ma'am, what about you? Mm. How do you read your digital books? <laughs> Okay, so mostly I read digitally on my iPad or a Kindle. And then as for apps, I use mostly Libby. Yeah, mostly Libby and then sometimes the Kindle book app. Libby has a feature that allows you to move books that you borrow to your Kindle. It'll just kind of send it over, which makes it convenient. I really only read on my iPad if I am doing like a nonfiction book and I'm taking notes. If I can get away with it, I prefer to read books on my Kindle. I have an iPad Air too, just like Sissy here. But the Kindle, the Kindle is just better for reading. Um, <laughs> what it lacks in like screen real estate, it makes up for in not making my eyes hurt after I've been reading at three in the morning. <laughs> so especially for nighttime reading, I prefer using the Kindle. It's also you can lighter. Read in the dark. Yeah, which is makes... what I prefer. Mm-hmm. Basically, generally speaking, I'll use my Kindle, especially for the fiction or like nighttime reading, especially for manga. And then the iPad comes in when it comes to like books where I want to take notes on or that I'm reading during the day. Oh, and then if I'm ever reading something in like my browser, like I do sometimes. I like to use the reader mode in whatever browser I happen to be using. Most of them have them now. If you don't know, in the reader mode, it gets rid of all of the distracting ads and anything else and leaves just the text. Brilliant. And in this only text, you're allowed to change things like the contrast, how big your text is, and it keeps those settings constant so that whenever you switch back and forth, you're switching back to a font and in like a contrast that you can read very easily. So I like to do that whenever I'm reading in my browser. Yeah, that's all I use. iPad, Kindle, Libby, and the Kindle app. Though I am trying to figure out a way to get away from using Amazon for digital books too, because, you know, we don't want to support them too much. Right, but, but they do have a lot of good books. Yeah, but they're also not that great for the book industry. Yeah. But that's another topic for another time. Totally. Moving on to pros, though. One of the main pros of reading digitally is the ability to customize your text in the way that you need to. Whether it be on my Kindle or my iPad, regardless of the app that I'm using, I'm able to customize the font size, type, how far apart the lines are from each other, how big the text is, the contrast, what color the font is, all of those things on iPad, Kindle, and regardless of app which is very, very convenient and makes reading significantly easier. In addition to that, you have the portability. Even my iPad, which is the heavier of the two devices, is significantly easier to take around with me than one of the bigger books that I'll read. You know, it lays flat. It has multiple books on it, so it's easy to take whenever you're going someplace. It's just a generally easy experience, let alone the Kindle, which is significantly smaller. My favorite part about the Kindle is that it's way easier than my iPad when it comes to reading in bed. Like I mentioned earlier, I am not a stand-up, sit-down reader. I'm more of like a lay-down-in-bed, lay <laughs> horizontal reader. That's me too. And you know, even your iPad, as light as it is, will get heavy if you have it over your face in the middle of the night. Oh, 
Also, please don't do that. There's a person on TikTok who dropped her phone, unfortunately, on her face and broke a tooth. So if you're gonna hold it, hold it like hold it on the side. <laughs> well, I hold it on my face. So I guess I'll take that risk. But anyway, I'm knock on some wood for it. The Kindle is lighter than your phone and then your iPad. So, you know, as Noye said, it's safer to, <laughs> you know, read on the side loudly. You know, your arms get tired and they get less tired when you're using the Kindle. So when it comes to ease of use, when it comes to like reading comfortably, iPad, Kindle can't be beat. It's right easy to like read in various positions. Bok too. Mm hmm while keeping it accessible. The one thing that really sold me into getting more into digital books was the fact that it was easier to read, but I didn't need the addition of external devices that make the reading more accessible. Referencing is also easier. While I still kind of have a soft spot for taking notes physically, it's easier to look things up or reference things or look up bookmarks that you've left digitally because, you know, you just command F. Mm-hmm or whatever the equivalent is on your iPad or whatever tablet that you're using. So it's easier for referencing things too. Now that GoodNotes is a thing, you have the ability to have your book in a more accessible format and take notes in a way that feels like you're taking notes physically. So that has been a plus and that's why I've kind of fully switched over mostly to like reading digitally. What else? Oh, this is kind of a pro and ish con depending on how you're looking at it but digital books tend to be cheaper than physical books i'm not sure if this is an amazon thing or if this is a thing across the board but because there's no need for like paper and you know manufacturing the book the books oftentimes end up being sold at a lower price than their physical equivalents so if you're looking to save some money that's a good way to do it indeed i wonder does barnes and noble have a digital I don't, I do not believe so. They really should get on that. That would be good. Because I'd buy from them too. And if you don't want to pay at all, apps like Libby exist and you get access to all of the digital books that you need. Just from, have to wait. <laughs> from your library. I don't think we've actually explained what Libby is. Libby is a, a kind of an accompany app to the public library here in the US. You just download the app and you plug in your library card. And there are some states or counties or cities that will allow you to apply for a library card if you are in an area that doesn't have a wide selection or just if you want another library card. We'll put that in the show notes too. Yeah. And you get access to like all of the books available in that library system. You know, sometimes there'll be a wait for them, but generally speaking, they have most of the popular books that would be out in audiobook format too. We're going to talk about audiobooks later. Indeed. But you know the old saying, ladies from the show, Arthur, having fun isn't hard when you've got a library card. <laughs> exactly. And as long as you have a library card, you can get access to all of the books that you could possibly ever want. So that has really changed the game when it comes to reading. And that's all of the pros that I think I have. Moving on to the cons, though. While the books are cheaper, you still need to pay for the devices to read them on. Kindles are cheaper than iPads, but iPads are more versatile than Kindles. With a Kindle, you're basically just buying yourself a reading device. A very good one, but a reading device nonetheless. I guess the Braille Note isn't the only thing that's expensive. Reading print digitally can be expensive too. Also, there is the other added side hiccup of the books that you buy if you're buying them and not using Libby 
kind of sort of aren't yours, but that's like a weird gray area that hasn't been sorted out. And there are workarounds for that, but it's not the same as having the physical book in your hand. It's kind of like most of the media that we have these days, whether it be streaming or games. The more digital things get, the less you have like ownership over your stuff. Yeah, the which... more it's attached to you, you feel to it. Yeah. I tell you, there's nothing better, Lily, than a, f a new, fresh spelling book. <laughs> mm -hmm. And know that it's yours, whereas like, you know, something that's in the cloud, it's less physical and less... Mine. Mm-hmm. You know, which may or may not be a big deal to you. I just thought I'd mention it. The other thing is that depending on what apps you have to accompany it, the apps that the books are hosted in aren't really good for, like, note-taking or, like, keeping track of, like, what you're reading and stuff like that. Uh, you need to have other apps like GoodNotes or another note-taking app or, you know, maybe a pencil and paper to take the notes. It can be more cumbersome than if you just have your book and like some sticky notes you know but that's all a preference thing i kind of prefer having all of my stuff as condensed as possible somebody that isn't as worried about that may not have an issue with it and then finally it's not as aesthetic as having physical books like we mentioned earlier whether we want to admit it or not some of the joy of having books around is you know to show them off to have them you know look nice on your bookshelf and stuff you don't really get the feel of that or even like the feel of like a book when you're reading digitally. The experience just isn't the same. I'm not sure if anybody else is like this, but if I ever were to get like a house or anything, one of my dreams would be to have kind of like at least one wall that's like basically like a floor to ceiling Ooh. bookshelf, you know? That's what I want. I'm telling you, lovely, the amount of bro books that I would have in that house. <laughs> you know? I need a whole room though. I need the whole room to be wall to wall ceiling to floor bookshelves i mean 11 and a half inches deep yeah i mean i'd like that too but being realistic i might only be able to get a wall if i could get like a whole room of like books that Beautiful. would be that would be lovely like you know Imagine. even have like the sliding ladder that goes oh. like back and forth oh my god i can be the librarian that would be so <laughs> nice <laughs> anyway and just like stack it full of some of the books that mean the most to me like that would be Great. And you can't really get that from a digital book collection. <laughs> you know, you'd have to get multiple SD cards, but it's not the same, lovelies. And yeah, that's less of a practical thing and more of like a aesthetic, emotional, like, you know, there's like a sentimental uh, nature to it, but it's still there. And so I thought I'd mention it. <laughs> Let's see. Are there any other cons? No, I think that is all of the cons. And so... Is there anything else you have to say on digital books, Noe? I don't believe so, you know. I think we covered everything. <laughs> yeah, I think we did too. Let us know if you have any questions about any of this. I, I know we're kind of going fast or like maybe disjointed. We're just trying to cover as much as possible. Okay, so this episode is getting kind of long. So <laughs> I think what we'll do is we're going to cover audiobooks. In the next episode. Yep, you'll be getting that in a few days. Two episodes of these in the same month. And with that said, I think we're at the end of our episode for today. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you, lovelies. I know it was a long one. <laughs> yes, but I hope you enjoyed it too. Maybe a rambly one. Yes, Sorry about that. It's all good though, you know? Fabulous. <laughs> Thank you if you stuck around with us this long. I really hope that you enjoyed our talk. 
And especially for this one, let us know if you have any questions, comments, anything that we might be able to address or clarify. And we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much, Lothies. Toodaloo. Bye.